all you reinventors. This is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I am the founder of this podcast and of the Covey Club. And we are the place to come for reinvention. You have found it. This is ground zero. Aren't you glad you're here? And we have all kinds of ways to get your reinvention going. And one of them is to listen to other people who have done it and listen to their stories, be inspired by them, and also learn from their action items that they give you at the end of each one of these podcasts. And then you can mosey on over to coveyclub.com itself. And there's tons and tons and tons of content there. There are downloads, stories, essays, everything you can imagine about reinventing. We know that reinvention needs a partner. It's very hard to do it all by yourself. And in fact, the magic of Covey Club of actually joining the club we have figured out is to reinvent with people you don't already know because they will accept you as you're going to be, not as you were. So mosey on over to Covey Club and join us now. And on with our show. This is a wonderful discussion with someone who felt broken and believed she was broken, but learned that she was not. Her name is Elena Sonino. And you just have to listen to her story and to understand the horrible health issues that occurred when she was younger, all the things that she was told would never happen, but did. And all of the different ways that she was able to move forward and transform her life from there. It's a wonderful story of recovery. And also she has some wonderful reads for you and some books and some ideas of how to get rid of that negative thought process in your head that says you're broken when you're not. So I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Elena. Good morning, Elena. Great to see you. And I'm so excited to talk to you today. Good morning, Leslie. I am so grateful and delighted to be here. So let's talk a little bit about your personal history. Um, what happened to you? You went through a lot of things health-wise. Um, and then at the end, we will give our listeners some of your insightful tips and tricks so that they can navigate their lives in a similar way. Let's talk about your health issues. What happened? Yes. So my health issues, you know, I was a relatively healthy, young 20 something on the verge of all of the things I had wanted in my life. And I was diagnosed in 1997 with Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh my. Relatively out of the blue. <laughs> now I say that because I had probably been having symptoms for months, but didn't pay attention to them. I was living in Italy at the time. And just when I got back here, because that was the next step in my life to start a new here in the United States, I, this, my lymph node at the base of my neck became the size of a ping pong ball. Oh my God. And I was in exactly the right place at the right time because we were sitting at a table with my then new fiance and his dad, who's a radiologist and their family, good friend, who's a cardiologist. And so I was really lucky to get in to see doctors right away. Wow. And 
went through six months of chemo. And oh. I remember that my oncologist said to me, well, you know, you're healthy. So this is like, this is going to be okay. was the feeling of his, of his words, right? We picked a chemotherapy regimen that had very low impact on fertility because at that time I was 23 turning 24 oh and, goodness, right. you know, wanted to be a mom in my future. Right. And, and he said, the worst thing that's going to happen is you might get some lung damage. Oh, For instance, geez. you'll just never run a marathon. I went, well, oh. all right. You okay. know, right. Like no big deal. No, I'm right. not a runner at that time. So we went through the six months of chemo and it was relatively quote unquote easy. And then I went into remission and then recurred. And oh, in that man. recurrence, there were all sorts of complications. And at that time, the conversations changed, the tone changed, the feeling changed, and they decided that I was gonna need a bone marrow transplant. But what was fascinating, Leslie, was that my own bone marrows, my own stem cells were healthy. Hmm. And so I was able to have an autologous bone marrow transplant, meaning wow. that they reinfused my, yeah, right? My body literally gave me, they thought it was broken, but it wasn't because it gave me exactly what it was I needed to heal. Wow. And, and we're actually coming up to 24 years from that. I consider June 12th, which was oh the date God. of my transplant. Oh my goodness. Yeah. A second birthday. Yes. <laughs> so I went through that experience and that experience led me down a path, right? They said certain things were going to happen or not be able to happen. For instance, because of the high dose chemo that they give you prior to the transplant, I would not be able to have children. And or, you know, if I were to get pregnant, it would never be viable, for instance. Uh -huh. I did have the lung damage. There were there were these pieces. And so at that time, I, you know, came out of transplant, was well quote unquote, was cured after five years and wow. then started to think about what does all this mean? Wow. And my body continued to, to have messages for me, including when I found out that I was actually pregnant with my Oh own. my. Right? And that was its own moment because the doctor called, we were going down fertility treatments because I wasn't supposed to be able to, and we had tried and I couldn't. And lots of moments of being really mad at my body, even though I knew that that was the likely path, right? You still want what you want. And on that particular morning, the doctor called and said, so I don't know exactly how to tell you this, but you're pregnant. I was weeks away, Leslie, from getting a donor egg implanted, weeks. And I burst into tears because there was no way that this was happening to me. I was being given this thing that then wouldn't be viable according to the doctors. And the doctor said, and I'll never forget his words, he, he let me cry and then he paused and said, look, you can grieve or you can celebrate until the day you can't. And I thought, oh, oh, option B, please. <laughs> it, <laughs> really? Without even a second of thought, right? Sure. And now my daughter is turning 18 this fall. Oh, how fabulous. And, right. And this was, so moments and moments, right, that, that kept coming, but then of my body literally giving me everything that I needed. 
to even fast forward several years later when I ended up needing a hysterectomy because just with everything that I'd been through, my body had, had really had enough early menopause, a hysterectomy, and there were more and more signs of my body really wanting me to pay attention, including incredible pain that was a result of having a hysterectomy when I was really young, mm. vaginal pain during intimacy, right? Mm. Um, all sorts of just the being menopausal in my late 30s and 40s, and then the, mm -hmm. the impact of that on my body now as I get closer to 50. Mm -hmm. And so there have been all of these moments where by all account, the doctors and really my brain wanted me to think something is wrong with me. My body, I can't trust my body. I can't trust my, my self-sufficiency, my sustainability. And that was, you know, on, on the one hand, that is one view of the first 40, almost eight years of my life <laughs> of a lot of those moments. But I realized some things along the way <laughs> that my body wasn't broken. I wasn't broken. My heart, my soul weren't broken. I was never broken. I was just experiencing some things. And all of those experiences led to and have continued to lead to the reinvention of who I am today. And so tell us a little bit about the rest of your life. So you have an 18 year old. Where do you live? Where did you grow up? What do you do? Do you yeah. work? Do so you, what do you do? I do. I do. I am in Northern, Northern Virginia in Loudoun County. I've been in this area actually since 1992. I went to undergraduate in Washington, DC and have progressively moved further west, which we always laugh about. My daughter will be a senior next year and I am now a life coach. I help women step out of the spotlight or step out of the shadows rather of all of the walls, the self-imposed barriers, the, the feeling brokenness into the spotlight of possibility and delight and joy in their lives. And I came to that after having been a classroom teacher for 12 years, uh, spending some time doing some writing and realizing that this was always the thing that I did. I helped people tune back in to the power and the hope and the possibility that was inside them. And of course, the thing that we're always very good at teaching others is often the thing that we get to keep learning for ourselves <laughs> and that has absolutely been the case for me that every at every experience every opportunity whether in my work life in my personal life in my body I am constantly reminded of the power of realizing where we think we're feeling that we need to be fixed or feeling broken and that perhaps there's something else that's true. Perhaps we're not at all broken and there is space to be curious instead and really noticing what wants to be honored instead of judged. Mm. So when you work yeah. with women, I mean, you obviously had a very um, clear vision of what it's like to feel that you're broken. I mean, you had a body that was not cooperating, right? So you had a very physical yeah. uh, manifestation of that. What is it that you hear and see from women who may not have a physical manifestation, but feel broken anyway? And what are you hearing about yes. older women who feel that as well? 
Yeah, well, it's interesting, right? The physical manifestations are very clear, right? But there's also when we found ourselves in a relationship that isn't working, in a job that isn't working. And I experienced all of those as well. I was divorced, I changed careers. And what I hear from my clients in particular is this, oftentimes there's a perpetual dissatisfaction, right? Mm -hmm. they're, they're trying to do the things that they thought they wanted. They, they have the career, they have the life, they have the relationship and, and they feel unhappy and then they feel guilty about feeling unhappy, right? They can't figure out and they're trying to grasp for all the things to make it better. It's why I sometimes have a thing against the word self-care because I think sometimes we put it on our to-do list and we forget to absorb the tending that it can offer when we really allow ourselves to linger in the nourishment of whatever we're doing to be intentional about the why versus just the act of doing. So my clients and these women, right, there's, there's being perpetually satisfied. There's also this yearning to be a, a version of themselves from the past. And they, they just want to get back to who they used to be because what they feel now isn't an, is no longer enough or they, they've stopped feeling alive. That's one of the things I hear a lot. They feel dead inside. Yeah, I can understand that. I can, I yeah. can understand. And is that mostly older women you're hearing that from? You know, interestingly... Yes and no. There are women in even, you know, their late 30s and 40s who are feeling this way, perhaps because they've done, you know, I think of it as bulldozing our way through or survival mode, right? One accomplishment, one thing after right. another, one goal after right. another, and they're numb to their lives. Right. And, and that's, you know, we start feeling dead when we're not present and paying attention to what it is that lights us up. Right. And also when you don't know what works for you to create that sense yes. of feeling alive. I mean, that is something you have to be very self-aware, not, you know, for me, feeling alive, I learned as a journalist was putting myself into situations I was uncomfortable in. And that's when I learned the most and my eyes were the most mm -hmm. open and I know for myself that when I'm not having that sense of excitement and that sense of uncomfortability that I'm feeling smothered or dead inside. And each person I'm guessing Absolutely. must have different signs, but I guess a lot of people don't know what that means, right? Is that what you're finding? Absolutely. Well, and in part, they don't know what it means is because they rely on external sources yes. on other people to, Correct. to quantify or qualify their aliveness or success, right? I right. was just speaking with a client a few days ago who, you know, her version of contentment was when her marriage, when, you know, there was, her husband was happy and her kids were happy and her career 
was doing what it wanted to do. And so really getting her to peel back and thinking about what does that mean inside of her versus relying on everybody else. So yes, and I agree with you in terms of that aliveness. To me, aliveness is a full continuum, right? It's it's the big range. It it might be the moments of exhilaration and delight, but it also might be the intensity of just feeling your heartbeat when something feels really intense, right? Or standing out in the rain, mm-hmm. <laughs> by, you know, and feeling the water on your skin. Aliveness is accessible to us in yes. so many ways, and yet. Sometimes we put, the other reason I think that it feels inaccessible is we put it on a pedestal. It has to look a certain way, Mm. right? Versus, no, it gets to be there in real life on any given moment. Sometimes simply by noticing our breath or the heartbeat or the the funny expression that your dog is making. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. So (laughs) how do you help women and how can the women who are listening to this and men, if there are men listening, how can they, if they feel like they're broken, where does that unbrokenness begin that discussion about maybe you're not broken? Mm -hmm. How do you begin that conversation? So the first way that I love to get rooted in in a moment and in my body is into my body, right? So one of my favorite practices to get rooted is placing one hand on my belly and another on my heart and taking a breath and maybe considering what do I know for sure in this moment? Because what I find is that many of us spend time in thinking about the past and then catastrophizing about the future. And I know that this is something that I've done even recently when a moment of my inner critic and feeling really broken came up, I started, you know, having these versions of the next 20 years of my life that were based on this fictitious tale that my brain wanted to tell. And so just coming into my body, it also is an offering of compassion for yourself when you come in like that and just give yourself a breath. So that's step one. Step two is to then get curious. And I, curiosity is one of my core values. So I always need to you know, be transparent about that. But to me, curiosity is the antidote to judgment and to expectations. And so when we start noticing, okay, well, what is possible? What is working? Or you know, if you're like me who recently was having this moment of feeling particularly discouraged, And I noticed, okay, if I felt like I didn't need to stop, if I felt like I didn't need to fix myself, what would emerge? And this tiny whisper of belly dancing emerged, which felt really strange because I've never been interested in belly dancing. Okay. And it was the most random thing, but actually it was perfectly attuned with what was quote unquote feeling broken. So belly dancing, right, is all about movement in the belly and the hips. And that's the part of my body that I was really kind of becoming an enemy with. (laughs) And so I went and I took a belly dancing class. I mean, it was totally random, but it, it helped me be curious and stay out of judgment and be on the path to healing and allowing and reinventing instead of staying in that place of judgment and feeling broken. So it's those two things, getting rooted and getting curious. And then that allows us to step towards our aliveness, to notice 
what can be here for us? What happens? You want to go belly dancing with me, Leslie? Yeah. Well, actually, I'm doing something. I can't belly dance, but I'm actually going to learn dances because I just joined a marching, a marching group for Mardi Gras, which I've never done before. But like you, it's like, but I am totally spastic. So this whole thing is going to be hysterical. You have to learn dances, but you march in the parades there. It's going to be really hilarious and fun. But I'm going to be stretching myself because I'm I don't know left and right, and so I go right when everybody else goes left. So it's going to be yes, really well. I'm interesting. I'm <laughs> but yes, I will. It, you can come join my marching my marching group, and uh, it's going to be interesting. So what about people, Elena, who think of themselves as you know broken because other people have told them they're broken? Do you know what I mean? They've mm, grown up yes. with, you know, an insufficient foundation in their family, or they have a bad relationship, or they had, you know, abusive parents or whatever. There are some people that do need to do some work. So how do you know um, when you can fix it? And how do you know when you need help fixing it? Or is it both? Is it always the same depending on you? I I mean, this is a great question. And I think it, it does really depend. I find that help from an outside source is never a bad thing, uh -huh. <laughs> right? I started recently seeing a therapist again because I realized that there was only so much that I could do for myself that I needed somebody else or it would right. benefit me for somebody else to just see me and witness me. And, right. and that, that, and I actually, she laughed because I said, I'm so excited to be here. And her comment was, you know, not very many people start therapy saying they're so excited. <laughs> and, but I, I was right. Because it was an opportunity for, to be kind of held in a space of support and continue this journey. So what I would say is, you know, there's a lot of work that we can do for ourselves offer inviting ourselves to be present, giving ourselves self-compassion instead of so, you know, I, I sometimes talk about becoming your own best friend. Uh, when we really rely on everybody else to start just noticing, well, you know, how do we start, how do you speak to yourself? Because oftentimes we don't speak to ourselves very kindly. And so that can be a first step. And journaling, right? Becoming aware of what is on your mind. What are you holding on to? So those can be really beautiful practices of self-compassion, of allowing that we can do for ourselves. I find that the, the distinction that helps say, okay, that, you know, maybe somebody else can be a guide for us is when we, when we notice that we keep getting in our own way, <laughs> when we start feeling like, oh, you know, I'm doing this, but I can never, I never stick with it. I don't follow through. And, and I'm just a believer in, you know, we all need a guide once in a while <laughs> to nudge us out of our own way. Right. And so whether that's a best friend, uh, a coach, a therapist, right, a personal trainer, um, a doctor, uh, you know, a, a family member, a tree. You could talk to a tree. <laughs> I am uh, not about talking to trees. There's a lot of research about talking to trees and talking to being in nature. There's an awful lot of um, actual 
scientific research about how that changes yeah. your respiration, your body, your everything. Absolutely. And the biggest thing that I would say about this is whatever journey someone decides is to remember that it is in fact a journey. It's right. not a light switch and it's right. not a one and done, <laughs> right? So that we get to keep showing up for these practices and this really state of being to move out of, and there are a lot of different reasons. I think you, you know, you pointed out a few why somebody might feel broken. Um, and to just really remember that we didn't get that way overnight. And it's, it, you know, the, the path forward is indeed a path, it's a journey. Right. So talk a little bit about how people might um, do what you did. Say they have a health crisis that they're coming out of and they have to change that thinking that their body is not working mm -hmm. for them, their body's against them. Um, are there any sort of tips and tricks that you can offer very specifically? Are yeah. there books you've read? Are there podcasts? One of my favorite resources is a book called The Body Keeps Score. It's a beautiful book to remind us of how the body holds on to emotions and experiences and how we can connect with the body to then release and heal. Uh, it's by Bessel van der Kolk. Um, and it's an amazing, amazing book. Another one that I love is by Emily Nagowski. It's called Burnout. And it talks about releasing the stress cycle and how we can, how we, we hold on to things. So even in a, in a physical injury and in something that's happening in our body, you know, we hold onto things. And so what are some healthy ways we can create release, whether that's through journaling or laughter or touch, um, so many different great practices. For me, the practice that I, one of the practices that I come back to is connecting into my body, you know, taking a child's pose first thing in the morning helps me do a few things. It helps me connect to sensations in my body and it helps me be present. So in that child's pose, I might take three breaths and I might ask myself, what do I know for sure in this moment? And that helps me disconnect from all the stuff that's happening, the, all the stuff that happened you know, the day before and all that might happen later in the day. But what do I know for sure in this moment? helps me be present. And when I ask myself that question in my body, it becomes particularly grounding. Another thing that I love to do in that moment where I really need to kind of like a distraction, not a distraction, but a, a disruptor of a story that feels particularly sticky is I ask myself the question, what would feel delicious in this moment? <laughs> I like that. And that might, the answer might be chocolate, but it unlikely is. It's really more about what is something that would light your heart up. And I started asking myself that question during the pandemic when I was languishing a little bit. And my, the first, I remember the very first day I asked myself, my eyes landed on a red velvet bag that had my great grandmother's pearls. And so the answer to what would feel delicious in this moment was on that day to wear my great grandmother's pearls. 
which had this beautiful side effect of connecting me with this lineage of women that came before me. So those are some resources and practices that I really love and share. Wonderful. Well, Elena, this has been a wonderful conversation. Where can people reach you? And where are you on the web? Do you have social media? Absolutely. So they can find me at my website at www.elenasanino.com. They can also check out my new book, Inhabit Your Joy, a book of nudges, and they can get that from uh, the website. And my favorite place on social media to hang out is Instagram, just at Elena Sanino. Awesome. Elena, wonderful to meet you. Wonderful to hear your story. Congratulations. And I love the idea of when you think you're broken, but you're not. I think that's a great message Mm -hmm. for a lot of people who've been convinced that they've got issues they can't resolve. And in actuality, almost everything is fixable, as they say, I think. Mm -hmm. Not everything, but a lot. So wonderful. Thank you so much. We appreciate having you. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, I hope that you will subscribe and follow us and listen to all our other stories of reinvention. There is a reinvention for every single person who is listening today and each reinvention is different. And I would say to you after doing so many of these, my lesson to all of you is everyone can reinvent. There really is just mindset standing in your way. Go out there, change your mindset, go out and change the world because you can do it. And if you need more inspiration and you need some text and you need some downloads and maybe you even need some personal coaching, come on over to coveyclub.com where you will find all of those things geared to you and making you have the best second half of your life ever because you can. That's what this is all about. So until next time, this is Leslie Jane Seymour and we'll see you.